Chelsea, y'all can sit down. Thank you for standing. Anybody sleep good last night? Is that a hunt? You slept in? Well, we had one young man that slept in, praise God. <laughs> Anybody else? Well, that's good. I wish I would. Yeah, I wish I would have done that. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm glad to get to be doing this uh, session this morning. <clears throat> I'm actually surprised that there's anybody in here because uh, between me and Shane Burns, I probably would have picked Shane Burns. So thank you for being in here with me this morning. <laughs> Amen. Y'all going to have to loosen up a little bit. I don't, I don't do good in these quiet situations. Look at your neighbor and say, aren't you glad you had TCYC? <laughs> Tate, I'm glad you're here. He felt left out over there, so let's include him. Amen. Well, this morning, the Lord just kind of started dealing with me a little bit, and uh, we're just going to go on a little bit of a journey here, and I hope it all makes sense before we're done, and uh, the Lord will just talk to us. How does that sound? Anybody want to hear from the Lord this morning? Amen. Amen. Uh, if you have your Bibles... I'm Anybody have a Bible with them? Thank you. Open to Malachi chapter 1. If you have them, if you don't, get your iPhone out. Hey, you need to start bringing a Bible to church. My goodness. Ain't nothing like the hard copy. Ain't nothing like the hard copy. Amen. There we go. <laughs> Malachi chapter 1. It is the last book in the Old Testament. Go to Matthew and then flip back a few pages and you'll find Malachi. <laughs> I have a, uh, a friend whose son name is Malachi and we all call him Malachi. So I almost said turn to the book of Malachi this morning, but I'm glad I didn't say that. Y'all would still be searching. Malachi chapter 1. We're going to start reading at verse number 2. Get it on your iPhone. You got an iPhone? Google. Google the verse, open your Bible app, everybody get to the Word, let's all get there together, and let's see what God says here today. Amen. It says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I love Jacob, and I hated Esau. I loved Jacob. And I hated Esau, and I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. That's a pretty, uh, my goodness, the prophet just walked in the room. <laughs> That's a pretty uh, firm statement right there to say that I have loved Jacob, but I have hated Esau. So for the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to talk to us on that subject Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. So before we get in the word of the Lord one more time, would you just lift your hands? And can we just ask that God would minister to us this morning? Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for what it does. It goes where we cannot go and accomplishes what we cannot accomplish. Pray that you would minister to these students this morning, God. By the word of the Lord, anoint me, use me for the glory of the kingdom, put your words in my mouth, in your precious and holy name, I pray, in Jesus' name. Somebody say, in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord uses very strong terminology to describe how he feels 
about Jacob and Esau when he inspires the prophet to write in Malachi chapter 1. He says, Jacob, I loved him, but Esau, I hated That's a very strong uh, terminology to use when he's talking about two brothers. But nevertheless, it describes something that is very powerful for us to understand here today. When you start looking at the differences between a man like Jacob and a man like Esau, you first have to understand that when Esau was born, the very first thing that they noticed about Esau was his flesh. They noticed the color of his flesh and they noticed the hairiness of his flesh. Esau represented his flesh. That's what he was known by. Esau was also known for his talent. The Bible says that he was a skilled hunter. He was skilled in the fields. He was skilled in what he did. And the Bible also says this, that Esau hated his birthright. These three descriptions of a man, they, they worry me because I don't ever want to be defined by my flesh. You don't want to be defined by your flesh. And as thankful as I am for my talent that God gave me, because all talent, the Bible says all good gifts come from the Lord. So any talent you have anyways comes from God. As thankful as I am for the talent that God gives us, Talent does not define us if it lacks consecration and anointing. Your talent will carry you to destruction if it is not balanced with consecration. Amen? You've got to have consecration that will carry you to where God wants to take you. Esau was known for these things. And the last thing that Esau is known by is he hated his birthright. What a statement that Esau literally hated his birthright. Think about that for just a moment. That's what the Bible says, that Esau despised his birthright. He despised who he was. It is important, students, that we fall in love with who we are in Christ Jesus. It is important that we fall in love with the death, the burial, and the resurrection that saved us, that brought us where we are at and made us who we are. One thing I saw reading this morning that I've never saw before, it seems like, that Esau also married wrong. The Bible says that Esau's wife, it it literally translates to that it gave his parents a headache. Listen to the verse that it says. It says, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebekah. It does matter who you're in a relationship with. It does matter who you yoke yourself to. I'm very thankful that I am married to my precious wife. We are five months in, six months in, just a few days here. And I am so thankful that God gave me somebody that is my help me. So when you're searching for somebody to marry and you're searching for somebody to start dating, it is important. Yes, it's okay to look, you know, you want them to be pretty, you want to look at, but, but it's got to go beyond that. It's got to go beyond just the natural elements that you look at. Do they have a prayer life? Do they have personal convictions? Convictions matter. Convictions, we've got to have, and those are the things you've got to join yourself to. These are some of the traits and some of the characteristics of Esau. But when you begin to look at Jacob, the one that the Bible says the Lord loved Jacob, 
Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. You start looking that Jacob was nothing really cool to look at. The Bible says he was just kind of a man of the house. He didn't really have very many talents. He didn't have very much to offer, apparently. The Bible doesn't go into great detail in his birth right after Esau uh, of all that Jacob was. But Jacob did have one thing, and that was a hunger about him. The Bible says when he was born that, that he was born reaching for the heel of his brother. Something about somebody that is willing to reach beyond where they're at and always be pulling into something greater. You've got to have hunger in your walk with God. If you're going to be loved to the Lord, you need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's what the book says. Think about that. We hunger and thirst after many things in our everyday lives. When I wake up, I thirst after coffee. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I thirst after a, a, a latte or a mocha or a pour over or just flat out black coffee. I don't care what it is. Get it to me and make it quick because that's something I thirst after. I hunger after biscuits and gravy. Amen. A little sausage gravy in the morning on an old-fashioned buttery biscuit. That sounds pretty good right about now. But the Bible says that you need to hunger and thirst after righteousness. When's the last time you woke up in the morning and told the Lord, I hunger more after you today than I do anything else about my life. I thirst more after you today than I do over anything else in my life. Hey, if you're in this room and maybe maybe you, it's, your, it's your first time uh, being at, at one of these youth conferences, the most important thing that you can do is get a thirst and a hunger for the things of God. But here's what we do is we create a culture in conferences where we're hungry in the conference. But when we go home, we lose our hunger and our thirst and our fire. You got to wake up come Monday next week and still be hungering and thirsting after the things that are birthed in you this week. Amen. Amen. Do we believe that? Praise God. When you begin to look at at the things that, that they loved, and you begin to look at these things, you start seeing in Genesis 25 and 23 that the Bible says that the elder shall serve the younger. This is God speaking to Rebecca about these, these twins that are being born in their womb. The Bible says that the elder shall serve the younger. So let's start looking at this and what it would mean for us here today. The elder shall serve the younger. Everybody here was born of a natural birth, right? I need some response from the people, right? Clearly you were or you wouldn't be here unless somehow you were transfigured from, you know, heaven and given some. But even, you know, God had to be robed in flesh. Amen. So let's start thinking about this. We were all born naturally, correct? So that's the old man. That's the older brother, so to speak. This, this natural, this, this carnality, this, this flesh that we are all robed in here today is the older brother. But watch what she said, what the Lord told her. He said, the elder is going to serve the younger. So, yes, we are all born naturally, but now you've got to go into the New Testament when Jesus and Nicodemus are having a conversation. You're going to be born again. 
well, how can a man enter into his womb a second time or his mother's womb a second time? Well, you're, you're thinking through the lens of the flesh. You're thinking through that older brother mentality right now. You've got to be born again of water and spirit. Unless you're born again of water and spirit, you don't get into the kingdom of heaven. That's what the word says. Unless you are baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That's just the book. So you're born again. So there is this younger person that is born in you. The Bible says that we are made new creatures in Christ Jesus. And it says the elder is going to serve the younger. It says the old man is going to serve the young man. So we've got to start looking at this right now. We've got to start thinking about this right now. You are supposed to bring your flesh into subjection. That's what it's talking about. The elder is going to serve the young. When we look at that, it is this new person that we are made new by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are made new by the birth of Jesus Christ. Now the elder has to serve the younger. Every day that you get up, student, the most important thing that you will do is what the apostle said. I die daily. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice that is bringing that elder brother under the subjection of the younger brother it is important when you wake up in the morning that the first thing that you do is you hit your knees and you bring that older brother under subjection to the younger brother because if you don't you're not going to make it you're not going to live for God. You're not going to do it. The most important thing of your day is making sure that that elder brother is serving the younger brother. Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. The Bible says that if the love of the world is in you, then the love of the Father is not. It says no man can serve two masters. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. That's what the Word of God says. So it is important. It is so important that every day of your life, that old man dies. It gets on that altar and it dies. You crawl up there and you say, God, you've got to rid me of my flesh. You've got to rid me of my carnality. You've got to rid me of Dylan. Dylan can't do it. Dylan can't make it. Dylan can't do this right. Dylan can't go far. But oh God, if I can get up and climb on that altar, if I can lay on that place of sacrifice, if I can commit myself to be a living sacrifice every day of my life, then you hear me, that older brother will be begin to serve the younger brother and those temptations that that you're having an issue with in your life right now those struggles that you're trying to break free of your life right now and you get the temporary reprieve of a great service but when you get up the next morning and you don't kill the flesh and then you wonder why you're back into the repetitious state of falling into sin because Sunday, Wednesday bread can only take you so far. That's why the word of the Lord says, I give you daily bread. Go back into the Old Testament. Look at when the manna would fall from heaven. When they tried to go out and get the old manna, they would say, man, there's some bacteria growing on that manna. I can't eat yesterday's bread. The reason some of us are spiritually starving it's because the, the older brother is not serving the younger brother. The flesh isn't under subjection to the spirit. It's the only way we're going to live for God effectively. 
An elder told me one time, he said, it's like when you go to bed, your flesh wakes up, it goes to the gym, it lifts weights, it drinks its protein shakes, it drinks its energy drinks, and when you wake up in the morning, your flesh is strong again, your flesh is energized again, and it's ready to take you to war. That's why the Apostle Paul, every day he said, I have got to die. We think we can make it in this world and not bring our flesh under subjection every day of our life. We're not going to do it. But if that older brother can start serving the younger brother like it was said in, in those, that, that's where we've got to get to. Because when you start cherishing the birthright that you were given, you were given a birthright when you were born again. You, the Bible says that you are no more a son of the bondwoman, but you are a son of the free woman. That's why it was important that you that you came from from Abraham and his wife, Sarah, and not Abraham and Hagar, because Hagar was not a free woman. She was a bondwoman. So you come from the loins of freedom. You take on that Abrahamic covenant when you are baptized in the name of Jesus, filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You are children. That, that's who we are. And it's so important that you realize you have a birthright upon you that is more valuable than anything in the world. One of the reasons that Esau was so hated is because he didn't love the birthright. He didn't love what he had. I love the story of Naboth. I love it because when the king come down to him and, and, and he's saying, I, I want your vineyard. It, it's, it's convenient for me. You see, the world wants to take some stuff from you. The world wants to rob you of some things. And, and, and it's going to rob you of your peace. It's going to rob you of your joy. It's going to rob you uh, uh, of, your, of your love and of your freedom. You know, the Lord, I was, when I was praying this morning, the Lord spoke something to me. And I feel like somebody in this room needs to hear what I'm about to say. You know why we have such a hard time understanding the love of God? Because you have been hurt by people that look you in the eye, tell you they love you, and then turn around and stab you in the back. And the only way you can look through the lens of love is by those that have hurt you that said that they loved you. So when you hear love, you think hurt and betrayal. You think heartache and pain. So when God says, I love you endlessly, I agape love you, I give you a love that is always abounding and is never ending, and you hear a verse like perfect love casteth out all fear it cast all that stuff out you can't grasp that thought because you've been hurt by those that looked at you and said i love you so you have no real understanding of true love but god wants to wrap you in the love of oh, that perfect love that that precious love that love that would love you so much he would go to calvary's cross and he would die for you what greater love than this uh, that a man would lay down his life for you i don't know why but the lord just he impressed me to say that this morning somebody needs to realize that the love that god has for you isn't the same love of the person that told you they loved you and then hurt you that's not real love Love is what the Father is. So we've got to get back to a place where we truly cherish our birthright. Where it's more important than anything else in the world. 
where it's the most important thing about us. Let me get back to Naboth. So Naboth was was this was this man and and he had he had a beautiful vineyard. It was an inheritance from his father. The Bible says it was his it was his birthright. It was something that was given to him. It was something that was passed down from generations. You see, you have something that was given to you when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and the evidence of speaking in a new tongue. And it is the most precious gift you will ever have in your life. It is the most precious thing you will ever have all the days of your life. You can become rich, but riches will never compare to what you got the day you were saved by Jesus Christ. You can become famous, but your fame will never compare to what you got the day that you got baptized in the name of Jesus you can become popular among your peers you can become the greatest preacher to ever grace Pentecost you can be the greatest worship leader that has ever sang you can be the greatest keyboard player that has ever played but you better hear me nothing is more precious than what you got the day that Jesus saved you I was so fortunate to receive the Holy Ghost when I was five years old. My grandpa prayed me through at, at junior camp, laid his hand on my head. He told me, son, if you don't get the Holy Ghost, you're going to hell. <laughs> and that scared this little five-year-old. I lifted my hands and said, I'm getting the Holy Ghost because if Jesus comes back tomorrow, I'm going straight to the hot place. Yeah. So I, I, I repented. I said, and let me tell you, I'm, I'm 24 years old. I'm not old. But I don't ever plan on getting over my salvation. Amen. Anybody here got the Holy Ghost? Any? Okay. Then why in the world are we acting like it ain't the greatest thing in the whole wide world? I'm thankful that God decided to save me. And with that comes something that's worth contending for. Naboth was given this beautiful vineyard and a king who had given himself to wickedness and married somebody he shouldn't have married by the name of Jezebel. I'm sure you all have heard about old Jezzy, as my Uncle Mark likes to call her. <laughs> he, 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 he comes to this man. He says, I, I want your vineyard. It's, it's, a, it's a convenient location for me to have this place. And Naboth looks at this man and says, I'm sorry. I can't give you my inheritance. My father gave me this. I can't give you something that wasn't mine to purchase in the first place. Somebody entrusted this to me. Somebody believed in me enough to say, this is going to be your inheritance. This is what I'm going to give you. But what are you going to do with it? And when a king that could have given him all the riches that he wanted came and said, I'll, I'll give you what it's worth, if not more. I, I, I'll, I'll make it worth your while. You see, that's what the world wants to whisper in your ear. I'll make it worth your while. It, it, it'll, and the Bible says that sin is good for a season. But when it's done with you, you're going to be stomped out and left with nothing in your life. And see, he's trying to get this. He's trying to get this vineyard from a man that says, I can't give you what, what, what wasn't mine to begin with. This was passed down to me. This was given to me. This was something that my father contended for. This was something that my grandfather contended for. This was something that was passed down to me. I can't sell it. I, I can't give it away. I'm sure you've got other vineyards in better locations. You've got to understand 
understand you have something precious uh, when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the moment you started on this journey, there was a big old red target put on your back. And that red target is trying to take that precious thing. You didn't do anything to earn it, just like Naboth didn't do anything to earn that vineyard. It was something that his father gave him for free, but he understood it's something I've got to contend for. It's something I've got to fight for. You don't deserve the blood of Calvary, but he did it anyways. You don't deserve the, I don't, let me say it like this. I don't deserve, but God did it for me anyways. I don't, I, I shouldn't have it, but nevertheless, some reason God loved me enough to give it to me. And it's not something I'm going to sell. It's not something I'm going to give away. It's not something I'm going to put a price on. It's the most valuable thing I have ever been given. When that wicked king come to him, he said, just let me have the vineyard. I'll give you something better for it. I'll give you money for it. I'll give you things for it. You see, there's, there's a price tag on some people for what they have. But I pray that before we're done here, that somebody would get the revelation that my birthright isn't for sale. You can't have, you can't have something that, that I inherited that I didn't deserve in the... My birthright's not for sale. Oh, oh Jesus. He was, he was given this beautiful inheritance. And that king could have given him anything that he wanted. And he said, no, it's not for sale. You can't have it. It doesn't belong to you. I'm sorry. You can't take it from me. And that king, he, he, he went off and he did his thing and he got his, he got his wife to do his dirty work and Jezebel showed up and through perversion and lying like only she can, he, 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 he killed Naboth before it was over. Naboth was murdered for something that he said it's worth dying for. This is my vineyard. This was my father's vineyard. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. That was Naboth's birthright. That was something that Naboth was given. You hear me today. Your birthright is the most important thing you'll ever contend for. This Holy Ghost uh, is the most important thing you'll ever contend for. This faith is the most important thing uh, you'll ever contend for. Can we lift our hands right now? I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. Oh, Oh, Jesus. Come on, students. I've got a little bit more here, but before we go any further, I want you to lift your voices right now. I pray that you would get a burden for what you've got. I pray that you would get a passion to contend for what you've got. God gave you something precious. God gave you something holy. And I'm not going to let it go just for any old thing. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You can't have my birthright. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Esau had it all given to him. It was all his, everything he ever wanted. He had the birthright. He had the blessing. He could have had it all, but Esau didn't cherish what he had. It wasn't important to Esau. It wasn't valuable to him. He come in one day and he was tired. 
because he was out hunting. He was out doing what Esau did. He was out being Esau. And when he came back in, he was tired and he was weary and he was broken down. He said, I'm going to die. You've got to give me some of your pottage, Jacob. And Jacob said, I'll give it to you. But first, I need your birthright. First, I, I, I need, I need that, that, that birthright of the first son. I, I've, got, I've got to have that birthright. And Esau didn't cherish what he had. It wasn't worth contending for. It wasn't worth fighting for. It wasn't worth pleading for. And when, and when it all came down to it, he was willing to just sell everything just for a small little pot of pottage. I ask you today, what is your birthright worth? What is your Holy Ghost worth? What is what, is what God gave you worth to you today? Is it something worth fighting for? Is it something worth contending for? Is it something worth never letting go, no matter the cost, no matter where you're at in life? Oh, I pray that God would put something in somebody's heart today that before you walk out of these doors and we go into the next session, that there would be such a Holy Ghost indignation that would rise up in you that you would say, I'm never going to lay it down. I'm never going to cheapen its value. I'm never going to make it worthless. Oh, Jesus. What you've got is so important. What God gave you is the most important thing. Hear me, hear me. I, if, you, if you go to college, I commend you great. Go to college, get a great education, but it's not worth the birthright. The schools you go to, your peer groups, yes, yes, I understand. I, I went to a school that had over 3,500 kids in it in the state of uh, Southern California. It was called Eastville, and, and I went to this massive school. It was, it was set up to send you to college. It was this huge thing, and I'll never forget, I, I wanted to have the right friends. You know, I wanted to be in the right crowd, but something started rising up in me in an early age, and I just, it wasn't worth the birthright. You better hear me your friend group matters who you surround yourself with is who you become I would rather be alone I would rather be lonely with the Lord than I would sell my birthright for popularity the image you create on Instagram you better hear me it's not worth your birthright Young man, those things that we look at on our phones, you better hear me. It's not worth your birthright. Uh, I'm telling you, the enemy wants to rob you of your birthright through this little thing right here. When you start looking at things on your phone you shouldn't look at and you start watching things you shouldn't watch, it's going to rob you of your birthright. And you've got to get something deep down in you today that says what God gave me is worth more than a momentary pleasure that's going to leave me one. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Young lady, there is such a nasty comparison trap in this world right now. It wants you to compare yourself into such an insecure mindset where you don't feel good about yourself, where you don't feel like you can compete with the next person. You're not supposed to compete with your brother and sister. You're supposed to love them anyhow. 
My God, it wants to put something in us where, where, where we compete with one another, where you've got to be the better, where you've got to be this, where you've got to. And there are people selling their birthrights just so they can look a certain way, just so they can act a certain way, just so they can have certain things. It's not worth it. Hear me, I promise I'm standing in the gap for somebody in service this morning. It's not worth your birthright. It's not worth what God gave you. It's not worth it. Most important thing you'll ever have is to contend for that blessed birthright that God gave you. Jacob, have I loved? Oh, but Esau, think about that. Think about him being written about because he sold his birthright. Bible says that Jacob have I loved, but Esau, Esau have I hated. We've got to get something down in us. We've got to get something birthed in our spirits today. Oh God, I'm going to contend for what I've got. Oh God, I'm going to protect what I've been given. I pray that you can feel just a burden today. Before we go into this next session and before we hear what, what Brother Galloway is going to preach and he's going to bless us. We've got to get something so deep, such a deep-rooted conviction about our birthright. Jacob, have I loved? Oh, I want to hear that. I want to know that the Lord is well-pleased in me, Brother Marks. I want to know that God, when He sees me, He sees somebody that He can trust with a birthright. I want to know that when God looks at Dylan... He says, that's somebody that I know is willing to contend for what I give him. I wish that there would be a Naboth that would say, you can't have, you can't have this vineyard. I don't care what you offer me. I don't care what you give me. This is mine to protect. This is mine to contend with. Hannah, I got a question for you. Are you willing to really fight until God gives you what you what you need, what you want? Are you willing? Are you willing to lay on an altar until God births something deep in your spirit? Young lady, you've got to have a deep-rooted conviction. You've got to have something so far deep put in your spirit. You say, I'm not leaving here until I feel like God birthed something in me today. I'm going to fight for it. I'm going to contend for it. I'm going to stand for it. It matters. Oh, it matters. Oh, it matters. Oh, Jesus. I don't know how much time I have left. Would you stand with me for just a moment? I feel like we need to pray in this room. I know that it's our morning session and we're going to have a little bit of time and then we're going to hear Brother Galloway and we're going to hear a word from God today. But I, I want us right now for just the next few moments, I want us to have something birthed in us that says, I'm going to contend for the faith. I'm going to contend for what God has given me. I'm going to fight for what God has birthed in my life. Would you lift your hands for just a moment? Uh, as a matter of fact, why don't we do this? Young men, why don't we join together over here on the left? I just feel like we need to do this. If you're a young man in this room, gather over here on my left. Young ladies, I want you all to gather over here on my right. Oh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Let's all gather together for just a moment. Let's link up with one another. Come on, y'all can push your way to the front. We ain't going to bite you, I promise. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. I want you to begin to pray for one another. 
I want you to begin to pray for your brother. Girls, I want you to begin to pray for your sisters in Christ. I want you to pray that, that something would be birthed in them today. That God would put something deep in your spirit today. Come on, you've got to contend for what you have. Come on, young ladies, come together. Come on, push on in here. It's going to be our, come on, we're going to pray together. Come on, young men. I want you to cry out for just a few moments. I want you to really cry out for just a few moments. Come on, it's important. Come on, it's important. Oh, God, this is the most important thing in the world. Come on, I see some of y'all that's just going in one ear and out the other. But there's some of you, you're going to contend for it. You're going to leave this place and you're going to fight for this. Come on, push a little deeper here. Come on, push a little deeper here. Come on. Come on, young ladies, would you cry out for just a moment? I just feel like we need to make a place of prayer and consecration unto the Lord. Come on, let's get a deep-rooted conviction in our spirits today. You can't have it. You can't have this. You can't take this from me. I want it to be said that I am loved by the Lord. I want it to be said that I am loved by the Lord. Come on, that's it. Just for a few more moments. Just for a few more moments, let's cry unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, one more time. One more time, just cry unto the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I made this statement last night, and I feel like to make it again. If we're really going to be the greatest generation, the only way it's going to happen is if we have the greatest consecration. That's how you're going to do it. I want you to leave this place today, and I want you to make a covenant with the Lord that this isn't going to end here, but when I wake up Monday morning next weekend, there isn't TCYC or there isn't any more youth camps or there isn't another convention. I'm going to wake up and I'm still going to contend for what I've been given. I'm going to give myself to prayer. I'm going to give myself to the word of the Lord. Would you just, 
Would you just make a promise with the Lord, however that is for you, whatever that looks like for you, for just a few moments, why don't you just tell the Lord how, how after this is over, I'm going to give my time to you, God. I'm going to make time for you, God. I'm going to show you that, that I'm somebody that you can trust with the birthright. Just for a few moments, come on, lift your hands. Think about it for a moment if you have to. But I want you to talk to the Lord and say, God, I'm not going to leave this here, but when I wait Wake up on Monday, God. I'm going to give it to you then as well. Come on, I know we've got tonight and we've got tomorrow, but but we've got to we've got to start thinking that God, I've got to I've got to give myself to convictions. I've got to give myself to consecrations. I've got to dedicate myself to you, God, more than just in a moment of emotion. Come on, maybe the Lord will tell you how, how he wants you to, to open yourself up to, to fresh consecration and, and fresh, fresh dedication to him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. One more time, why don't we just clap our hands and just thank the Lord for what he's done. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dylan, for that awesome word of God. Um, young people, they, I'm not sure if they're finished downstairs. If you want to hang out up here a little